0: I would like to welcome everyone to Drisha's fall programming and the first part of a series on Abraham Joshua Heschel and human dignity as a divine concern by Dr. Dvorabondi. Dr. Dvorabondi is dedicated to bringing Abraham Joshua Heschel's thought to Israel, translating his works into Hebrew, and transforming Israel by his spirit. He holds a doctorate in Jewish thought from Bar Ilan University and is a popular lecturer in a variety of institutions, especially at Mahon Karim of the David Yellen College of Education. Dr. Bondi lives with his family in the community of the Urban Kibbutz Beit Israel in Jerusalem, a community of religious and non-religious Jews who unite together in social and spiritual activism. And without further ado, Dr. Bondi.
1: Thank you everybody for coming. May I start with a short introduction about, about myself. Um, the first thing you have to know is that I have six kids and now it's a bedtime in Israel. So I have to apologize for all the noise. And if my uh, youngest uh, twins, seven years old, will get into the room, <laughs> I uh, apologize for all the problems. And the second introduction is that I'm not a real scholar. I'm not an objective scholar. I am a host of Heschel. Um, I admire him. In fact, he changed my life. I grew up in a small settlement uh, in the West Bank in Israel, in a very hardcore right wing family. And Heschel changed my life. In fact, my family was so right wing that um, the message was you shouldn't learn to speak English. English is the language of the Gentiles. You should speak only Hebrew. And only when I met Heschel, I understood that the Torah of our days was revealed in English. So please forgive me for my English mistakes and for my Israeli accent. and I hope that my admiration for Herschel will, uh, will uh, be worth my my mistakes okay, let's start. Do you know Herschel? Did you read him? Yes, great so today i I will try to introduce Heschel by his spiritual biography as a source for for his thought. Uh, um, as you know, Haschel is a famous figure in the US. Maybe I will I will start with the last source, uh, which speak about his rule in in the history of the US. I will share with you uh, the page sources. Uh, if you want, you can. You can op- open it in your computer. And I will start with the last source. It's from Heschel's daughter, Professor Susanna Heschel. And she quote, Niebuhr, as well as Martin Luther King and Heschel himself. I think these quotes are the best quotes about, about Heschel, Heschel's, um, important impact about United United States does someone want to read this text I'm trying to let you get in if does someone want if, if you don't if, nev, if no one will read you will have to suffer my Hebrew accent my Israeli accent Okay, I will read it. It's your fault. Let's start. Abraham Heschel, Niebuhr wrote, was one of the treasures of mind and spirit by which the persecutions unloosed in Europe inadvertently enriched our American culture. It is a safe, it is a safe guess that he will become a commanding. An authority, authority, authority voice not only in the Jewish community but in the religious life of America. Yes, for Niebuhr, the famous Christian Christian philosopher, uh, Heschel's voice is not only a Jewish voice, but a Jewish voice that uh, is a commanding voice for for all the Americans. Let's continue. In his introduction of King to the audience, it is the audience of Heschel's 60th birthday. When Heschel was 60, uh, there there was a gathering. uh, uh, There was a meeting of rabbis for his birthday and they invited Martin Luther King to speak and uh, Heschel, Uh, and uh, Heschel introduced uh, Martin Luther King by this word. Where in America today do we hear a voice like the voice of the prophets of Israel? Martin Luther King is a sign that God has not forsaken the United States of America. God has sent him to us. His presence is the hope of America. His mission is secret. Is leadership of supreme importance to every one of us? Wow. And I, and I will continue. In his address, King states King state that Heschel is indeed a truly great prophet. He went on Here and there, we find those who refuse to remain silent behind the safe security of stained glass windows and they are forever seeking to make the great ethical insight of our Judah Christian heritage relevant in this day and in this age. I feel that Rabbi Heschel is one of the persons who relevant at all times, always sending with prophetic insight to guide us through these difficult days. (laughs) I have to apologize again. For my accent, but I, I hope that you can hear the the spiritual and the moral and the uniqueness of of Heschel's uh, uh, thought. Heschel is not a regular philosopher, a Jewish philosopher. Most of the Jewish philosophers, if we can think about. Rambam, Maimonides, or Rabbi Soloveitchik. So their mission to help the Jews. The poor Jew living in a non-Jew environment and have and we, the philosophers, have to help him. Yes, the Rambam tried to help the Jew, the Jews to to confront, uh, you know, Aristotle' th- uh, thought and to, to help the, the Jews to, to solve the problems between science and religion uh, 800 years ago. And Rabbi Soloveitchik tried to help the Jews in New York City and in the Western civilization to live um, in the same time as uh, modern and orthodox, this is the this was their mission to help the Jews. Abraham Joshua Heschel is a very uh, it it is another kind of philosopher. His mission was not to help the Jews. His mission was to change the world by the Jewish thought, by the Jewish tradition, by the Jewish inspiration. And here we can see how neighbor, as well as Martin Luther King, were affected by Heschel's thought. His audience, the audience of Abraham Joshua Heschel is Martin Luther King. He didn't write, he didn't write only for the Jewish audience. He wrote to the world. He wrote to the world Jewish philosophy, but he wrote this Jewish philosophy to all the people. He believed that the Jewish philosophy can change the world and have to to help all the people, all the, especially the Western civilization to become more moral, more, more uh, spiritual, more humanistic. And I have to say, maybe I believe all you know, the famous, uh, maybe the most famous book of Herschel, the Sabbath. You know this book. Does someone remember what is the subtitle of this book? The Sabbath? What is its subtitle? You have to unmute yourself. You unmute yourself if you want to, to say. Do you remember? It was time. A Sabbath. This is, the, this is the main topic of the book. But what is the subtitle? The title is the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and the subtitle is the Sabbath. Its meaning. For modern men, not for all the Jews. The famous, the most, the most famous book of fashion, the Sabbaths. You know what is relevant? Well, why Martin Luther King should read about the Sabbath? What About Shabbat? What? Ma? What? Martin Luther King will we will not cook in, in in Shabbat? What? What? Why? Why? The Sabbath. Its meaning for modern men, for all the the modern human beings. Why? What is the relevance of 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 the, of the Shabbat for Martin Luther King? For for Niebuhr? What 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 is the relevant? What its meaning? What is the meaning of, of Shabbat to all the the modern people? No, Heschel believed that this, the, the Shabbat has a lot of meaning to all the people, not only for Jews, because Shabbat is not only halacha, halacha. Shabbat is not only Jewish law. Shabbat is first and foremost, a unique philosophy about time. And this unique philosophy can change the world, can help fight racism. This is why Shabbat is so relevant to modern men, to all the modern human beings. Okay, let's, but, but this was the end of Heschel. What was his beginning? Uh, Heschel, I believe you know, was born in Varsha uh, on 1907. He was born in Warsaw, in Poland, to a very famous Hasidic family. His father was a rabbi. His grandfather was a rabbi, Hasidic rabbi, rebbe. You know, with the Shtrimel and with the kvittel, kvittel, and all the Hasidic environment, and. Uh, his great grandfather was also a rabbi. He was the seventh generation of a very famous Hasidic uh, dynasty. Um, his first, first, first grandfather was the Magid, the Magid of Mezerich, the most important student of the Besht, Rabbi Dov Bear of Mezerich, a Magid, the Magid, is one of the fa- most famous figure in the Hasidic history, and Heschel was his seventh generation. And as you know, when you when you born to, to such a family, you have to be a rebbe. Also, also, you can't you can't uh, run out uh, out of your duty. And Heschel was named after his very famous grandfather, the, the grand-grandfather, the of Abraham Joshua Heschel is a very famous Hasidic name. And he was taught as a child to be a Rebbe. He had all, all, all the people he met as a child knew that one day he will be the new Rebbe. And let's you know heschel Heschel passed away uh, on the last week of december december seventy two from heart attack um, in fact it was the second his second heart attack it's the first heart attack he got in a fly uh, in the in the sky of the U.S., when he came back to his home in New York City in Manhattan from a lecture in Milwaukee, and the the airplane had to had to uh, land immediately, and they took Heschel to hospital, and he almost died. He was uh, half a year in the hospital. And when, he, and when he got out from hospital, he said, I have to write a Hasidic book. I have to write a book about my background, about the Kotzke Rebbe, who changed my life. And he wrote this book and uh, he submit, submitted the uh, manuscript to the publisher, and three weeks later, he got his last heart attack and died. Namely, that the introduction of the book about the Kotzker, A Passion for Truth, as you can see here, this book, A Passion for Truth, is Heschel's last work And the introduction, as you know, introduction is the last thing you write in your book. This introduction is maybe the last text of Heschel in his life, and in his last text of his life, he he shared with us uh, about his background. As you can see, the, the, title is, the title of the introduction to a passion for truth is why I, ha- why I had to write this. book. Why? He is going to tell us. Maybe I will make it bigger. It's better, right? Um, maybe now someone wants to read? <laughs> oh, you will have to, to suffer my English. Okay, I will read.
2: If you like, I will read.
1: Thank you. You, you, you are saving my life, please.
2: I was born in Warsaw, Poland, but my cradle stood in Metzbiz, a small town in the province of Podolia, Ukraine, where the Baal Shem Tov, founder of the Hasidic movement, lived during the last 20 years of his life. That is where my father came from, and he continued to regard it as his home. He confided in me, for I was indeed stolen out of, out of the land of the Hebrews. It was because of the advice of his spiritual mentor, Rabbi David Moshe, his uncle, the Rebbe of Shorchkov, son of Reb Israel of Rizim, that he took up residence in Poland. I was named after my grandfather, Reb Abraham Joshua Heschel, the Apter Rav, and the last great Rebbe of Mesbiz. He was marvelous in all his ways, and it was as if the Baal Shem Tov had come to life in him. When he died in 1825, he was buried next to the holy Baal Shem. The Apter Rav claimed that his soul had lived in several incarnations, and for his descendants, it was as if he had never died. <clears throat> Enchanted by a wealth of traditions and tales, I felt truly at home in Mesbiz, the little town so distant from Warsaw, yet so near was the... Let's
1: continue. It's, uh... okay.
2: All right. The earliest fascination I can recall is associated with the Baal Shem, whose parables disclosed some of the first insights I gained as a child. He remained a model too sublime to follow, yet too overwhelming to ignore. It was in my ninth year that the presence of Reb Menachem Mendel of Kotzka, known as the Kotzker, entered my life. Since then, he has remained a steady companion and a haunting challenge. Although he often stunted me, he also urged me to confront perplexities that I might have preferred to evade. Years later, I realized that, in being guided by both the Baal Shem Tov and the Kotzker, I had allowed two forces to carry on the struggle within me. One was occasionally mightier than the other. But who was to rebel? Which was to be my guide? Both spoke convincingly, and each proved right on one level, yet questionable on another. In a very strange way, I found my soul at home with the Baal Shem, but driven by the Kotzker. Was it good to live with one's heart torn between the joy of mitzvahs? and the anxiety of Kotsk to live both in awe and consternation, in fervor and horror, with my conscience on mercy and my eyes on Auschwitz, wavering between exaltation and dismay. Was this the life a man would choose to live? I had no choice. My heart was in mezbiz, my mind in Kotsk. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you. You're welcome. What do you say about this Marvelous text. What kind of of background? What childhood! I, I believe that you understand that what happens that Heschel's father was died when Heschel was almost ten years old, and because of this, Heschel uh, have to meet the students of the Kotka Rebbe and since the, since then the saying of the Bal Shemtov from one side and the saying of the Kotke Rebbe from the other side fought in his in his soul. Do you know the history of the Hasidic movement? What was the great saying of the Bal Shemtov? You know, the Bal Shem Tov saw God every, everywhere. The Baal Shem Tov said, all you need is love because you can meet God everywhere, in every love, in the nature, in every, every people, in every man, every woman, every, every, everything. But God was everywhere. This was the Baal Shem Tov thought, but the Kotzker, the Kotzker had a black soul. He he can't show God everywhere. He believes that God, that you can find God only when you let him get into your life. That this is not an easy task to see God everywhere. In fact, that you can't see God everywhere. And this is, you have to fight every day in order to meet God, in order to see the good in the human in the, in the humanity, and these two persons, all, Hesh, all 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 of yes, you know, Heschel Heshel, Heschel uh, revealed us in his last text that all his life is a fighting between the question. If you can see God everywhere, or maybe you can't see God, or maybe you can't see him—it's—it's it's a very a deep secret of Hashem. Because when you read Hashem, you every word you can hear the voice of God. But now, after his heart attack, he revealed us that there is. An in his heart, that his faith in the humanity, that his faith in God, that his faith in peace, that is all, all his, all his, all uh, his words, great words, is is a fight against the voice of the Holocaust, against the voice of. Of the absence of God, and maybe, maybe he maybe had to write this book because because it, his heart attack, his last heart attack, was several months after Martin Luther King was killed. The the murder of Martin Luther King shocked Eshel. He believed that Martin Luther King is a sign that God is not forsaken the United States of America. And suddenly, what what happened to America, to the American dream? You know, in these days, (laughs) it's not easy again to believe in the United States of America, it's a very, very complicated time, as well as in Israel, and maybe this book, a passion for truth. This is the Heschel's answer to our days. When, when, it, when you you believe when you live in good times, it's it's very easy to see God everywhere, for some people, but when when uh, you live in uh, harsh times. Uh, Heschel had to write this book after Martin Luther King. When after you know, if, if Martin Luther King wouldn't wouldn't murdered be murdered? How do you say? Sorry for my grammar. When if it, Martin Luther King should come to to Leila Seder to pass over night in Heschel's home, uh, only several days after the the murder. it was deep shock for Heschel uh, to see what happened to Martin Luther King and what happened in Vietnam. Heschel was very disappointed about Vietnam. He said, he can't pray when on my conscience, I have the war in Vietnam. So his last years were, were, were very harsh and it's not, uh, I'm not surprised by these heart attacks because it were, it were a very hard years for Heschel uh, in, his la- in his last years of, of his life. But this here we can also see his first years of his life. The spiritual tension of his Hasidic background continued to inspire his thought, his writings, all his life. But the question is, what happened to this Rebbe? You know, he, he, he behaved like a Rebbe after his father died, um, you know, the Hasidic, all the Hasidic community stood up when he walked. All the Hasidic community asked him when he was 10 years old, to sit in his father's chair. And what happened to this young rabbi that he became a friend of Martin Luther King. That he how, how his beginning meets his end. What happened that made that made him that made him get to to, to cross the the cross the, the the ocean. The story is that, as you know, in order to be a rebbe, it's not enough that your father was a rebbe. You need one more thing in order to be a rebbe. And this is a wife. And when Heshel was 15 years old, he was supposed to marry uh, his cousin uh, and to become and to become a rebbe. It's a secret of the family. No one really knows what happened there. Why they canceled the, the marriage. But the result was that the both ki- of the kids, 15 years old, uh, ran out of their home. His cousin made Aliyah and became a member of a secular kibbutz here in Israel, escaped from Poland. And Heschel also escaped from Poland to Vilna to learn in non religious school, secular school. He, take uh, he took off his yamaka. He took off his and uh, uh, left home and started learning uh, languages. He knew only Yiddish. And he found a, a school in Vilna that uh, you can learn in in Yiddish, and he started learning uh, to speak languages, to speak Germany, to speak Deutsch, to speak uh, all the langu- all the European languages. And after after he graduated school, he went to Berlin to learn in the University of Berlin. Can you imagine yourself? A young Rebbe that took off his Yamaka and cut his pears uh, and becomes, became a student in the University of Berlin. It was, he, he got, he, he, he came to Berlin on 27, 1927, when Berlin was a great city the center of the Western civilization, and he got the last, uh, the last confirmation, the final confirmation of his PhD on 36, 36 so in Berlin of 36. It's a very different Berlin. He came to Berlin on ninety six on. on in 27 and he got his PhD on 36. It's a very different kind of Berlin. Can you imagine? He took off his yamaka and went to one Berlin and when he got his PhD, it's a very different kind of Berlin. His daughter told me that one time when he was a student, when he was maybe 25 years old, you went to to heal you he went to a cultural event, maybe it was a, a play, a theatre play or something like this, and suddenly Hitler came, Adolf Hitler, came also to the same very event. Can you imagine yourself sit and wait that the, that the event will start and suddenly Adolf Hitler gets into the room and all the audience uh, raised their hands and said and screamed, Heil Hitler, and you are a Jewish student in Berlin. What did you, what would you do in such a situation if you was a student in Berlin 25 years old and suddenly Adolf Hitler get into the the, the same event that you went to, to here to see what did you do what what would you do in such a situation I only I only can imagine that Heschel couldn't continue to be there and he went back to his room. And maybe he tried to speak with with this about his friends in the university. But then I I think, who were his friends in the university? As you know, most of the the German students vote for Hitler. Hitler uh, became the chancellor of Germany by by the democratic election. And maybe his friends told Heschel, what do you want? We need, we need a strong leader. The, the only important question is the economy and Hitler will be good for our economy. And, and I only can... I only can think what what Heschel can say to his friends. Maybe is there a chance that he also will vote for Hitler? If, for example, Hitler uh, hated only only. The, the LGBT community and not the Jews. Is there a chance that Heschel would vo- vote for him? This is a very, very hard question. Of course, Heschel didn't vote for Hes- for Hitler, he, he has no uh, German, uh, uh, he, he, he came from Poland, he c- can't vote. And, in the, German, in the election of Germany, but but what would the German Jews would do if Hitler hated another part of the of the people? If Hitler if Hitler spoke only against the LGBT community, what would Jews in Germany would do? How many of the Jews would vo- vote for him? Because he's a very important leader for the economic problem. You know when when Heschel uh, one of his first book books one of, one of his first books uh, which he published in Frankfurt on thirty seven was about Donitzchak Abarbanel. you know Isaac Abarbanel? He was a famous Jew who had to uh, escape from Spain on 1492 when, when uh, he had the choice between Christianity and leaving Spain. You know, Donitzchak Abarbanel, why Heschel wrote about him a book, a biography, a biography on, on 37 in Frankfurt? Maybe because he thought that the, that the Jews in Germany also will have to choose between uh, leaving Germany and etc he can He couldn't imagine the Holocaust, of course, on 37. And the last paragraph, in the last paragraph of this book, Heschel wrote on thirty seven that the Jews in Spain on fourteen ninety two didn't know that they had a luck. Why they had a luck? Heschel wrote, because if we would stay in Spain, what would be our part in the murder of a million of Indians, Native Americans, that the Spanish army made in the very, in the very same years? You know, they discovered, uh, they discovered America, and they killed millions of Native Americans, and Heschel said, we had a lack that they, we had to escape from Spain, because if we were staying here, what would be, uh, what what would, uh, how do you say it, what was our part in this murder? And this is a very, very harsh saying to say it on 37 in Frankfurt, namely that Heschel said to his, to his friends, to his Jew, Jewish friends, in Germany, we have a lack that Hitler hate hates us because if Hitler would hate only the LGBT community, what might be our part in, in this hate? we had the luck that we have to escape from, we have the luck that we have to escape from Spain, and we have the luck that we have to escape from Germany. Of course, he couldn't know that what would be the unbelievable future of the Holocaust, but I think you can see here the very, uh, the very source of his thought. If there is a circum if there is a, a situation that I might vote for Hitler, there is a very deep problem in my life, and my my uh, duty as a Jew is not to establish establish a Jewish homeland my my duty as a Jew is to save the world from such an environment a philosophy that that uh, that make that makes hitler uh, the leader of the one of the most of the strongest uh, democracies of the West. You see, in, in Israel, when people sp- speak about the Holocaust, everyone said, everyone say, the meaning of the Holocaust is the state of Israel. This is the answer, this is the solution. But Heschel was a very kind different friend of philosopher. For him, the meaning of the Holocaust was the duty to change the world. If I might if, if I if myself if I myself might vote for Hitler, if if I myself um, was part of this problem. What is the meaning of the Holocaust? The meaning of the Holocaust is to change the Western civilization. The meaning of the Holocaust is that we have to deepen the humanistic values. We have to deepen the the values of democracy. We have to help the Western civilization to save itself. We want to read another text of Heschel from these uh, days. Maybe you can. I need again uh, <laughs> if if someone wants to read this unbelievable text. The meaning of this hour. This is a uh, part of Heschel's lecture in Frankfurt that he. Um, translated into English on 43. He lectured these words in Frankfurt uh, on 38. And when he came to, the, to America, he translated it into English and with a few changes. But, but this is a very important text of his mission as a Jewish philosopher. Yes, who wants to read?
3: From where?
1: Uh, From a tale.
3: A tale is told of a band of inexperienced mountain climbers. Without guides, they struck recklessly into the wilderness. Suddenly, a rocky ledge gave way beneath their feet, and they tumbled headlong into a dismal pit. In the darkness of the pit, they recovered from their shock only to find themselves set upon by a swarm of angry snakes. Every crevice became alive with fanged, hissing things. For each snake the desperate men slew. Ten more seemed to lash out in its place. Strangely enough, one man seemed to stand aside from the fight. When indignant voices were of his struggling companions reproached him for not fighting, he called back, If we remain here, we shall be dead before the snakes. I am searching for a way of escape from the pit for all of us. Our world seems not unlike a pit of snakes. We did not sink into the pit in 1939
1: or even in 1933.
3: We had Uh, had descended into it generations ago, and the snakes have sent their venom into the bloodstream of humanity, gradually paralyzing us, numbing nerve after nerve, dulling our minds, darkening our vision, good and evil that were once as real as day and night, have become a blurred mist. In our everyday life we worship force, despise, despise compassion, and obeyed, uh, obeyed no law but our, unappeasable, uh, but our unappeasable appetite. The vision of the sacred has all but died in the soul of man. And when greed, envy, and the reckless will to power came to maturity, The serpents cherished in the bottom of our civilization broke out of the of their dens to fall upon the helpless nations. Continue. Yes. Uh, Tanks and planes cannot redeem humanity, nor the nor the discovery of guilt by association nor suspicion. A man with a gun is like a, a beast without a gun. The killing of snakes will save us for the moment, but not forever. The war has outlasted the victory of arms as we fail to conquer the infamy of the soul, the indifference to crime when committed against others, for evil is indivisible. It is the same in thought and in speech, in private and in social life. The greatest task of our time is to take the souls of men out of the pit. The world has experienced that God is involved. Let us forever remember that the sense for the sacred is, a vital, is, vital, is as vital to us as the light of the sun. There can be no nature without spirit, no world without the Torah, no brotherhood without a father, no humanity without attachment to God.
1: Wow. <laughs> Have you ever read such a text? Can you believe that you wrote it in Frankfurt on thirty-eight? A man with a gun is like a beast without a gun. Yes. What's happened to the Western civilization? How, what is our duty as Jews in such a, situ- a situation? Is our task is to fight against the snakes? To make another war? Heschel is the lonely man who tried to find a way out of the pit of the snakes to write an alternative, an alternative thought. His task as a Jewish philosopher, as I said before, is not to help the Jews to live inside the Western civilization. His task as a Jewish philosopher is to suggest the deep spirit of Judaism, as an alternative state of mind for all the Western people. To help us, the Western civilization, to find back our way to secret humanism, to to brotherhood, as he said in his last sentence what happened to our Western civilization? Why we lost, why we lost solidarity? Why every nation uh, thinks only on itself? Uh, and this is his task as a Jewish philosopher. And this is why And this is why it is so important to to the uh, understanding of human dignity. This is the the topic of our uh, classes. When Heschel tried to read the Jewish sources, he looked for an alternative. He looked for another perspective about moral issues. He looked for a source for inspiration in order to change the Western civilization. This is his uniqueness as a Jewish philosopher. Another text or questions, what do you want? When we should uh, finish, Sarah, I I, I, uh, don't remember.
0: You have till the hour, so you've got about nine
1: minutes. Oh, oh, nine minutes? Okay, so maybe another text. I can't, I can't, uh, I have to read it. Um, Uh, Oh, thank you. (laughs) I I have a question
3: about the last few sentences. It's, I understand it from a religious perspective. But what about people who are not religious? It seems that this last sentence focuses so much on, on belief in God, that it excludes those who don't have that. So I just have a question about his view on that.
1: Thank you, thank you. We will see it in the next lectures, when we will read a very famous speech of Heschel, when he stood next to Martin Luther King And we try to explain why the most important opposite of racism is God. The most extreme opposite of racism is God. So, so I will uh, I will speak more about your question in the next class. But in few words, if I can say, I shall didn't write about religious person. He wrote about God, and God is not a religious person. He didn't wrote about faith in God. He wrote about the challenge of brotherhood, which he believed is in deep need of a father or mother. As well as Martin Luther King, as well as Heschel believed that in order to fight racism, we have to recover the brotherhood or the sisterhood of the humanity. In order And in order to recover the solidarity, we have to bring back the perspective of 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 the of the parent of a parent, mainly heschel didn't speak about religion. God is not a religious person. he speak about solidarity and brotherhood and he and Martin Luther King believed that the deepest source of solidarity is a the perspective of, of the parent of a parent of a, of a father or mother, and I will I will speak more about this issue in the next class. But maybe another sentence. In my life, I met a lot of religious people that uh, have no God in their life, and a lot of non-religious people. Who feel who live in, in a deep solidarity? And this is the, the most uh, important question for Hesha. the Living in solidarity. Not the saying, I believe in God, because if you say I believe in God and you don't live in solidarity, there is no sense to your words according to him and I will show it in the next class. all right? Okay, another question
3: or another text? What do you want? Question? Yes. Yeah. um, So, in the text that we just read, um, it suggests um, almost a pacifism on uh, Heschel's part. Yes. So, in the in the face, so the question is, you know, in the abstract, if you um, don't tend to the snakes while you're looking for the way out. You easily will end up being killed by those one of those snakes, and so you know this is happening prior to the real launching of the. This is 1938, right? That he writes this. Yes. Um, so this is just prior to the to the real outbreak of the war. It's already clear as to what the Nazis are up to, but it is it is it has yet to really materialize. And so the, que- the question is, if you're going to be combating evil, which obviously the Nazis were, and there are other evils in the world, um, is there a time for Heschel in which you are, you're, you, not as an individual, but as a collective, some are responsible for finding the way out while others are trying to battle um, the snakes that are right in front of them?
1: Maybe it's also a question about his Zionism. Yes. Is there is there I think that he changes mind on this subject during his lifetime, but on, on thirty-eight and on forty three and maybe until fifty five, he thought that the rule of the Jews is to uh, suggest a moral so uh, suggest a moral alternative and not fight he believed he was a, a diaspora Jew Do are you know such such people <laughs> so,
3: so but for for the in uh, the example forget about the, the zionist Perspective on it for a moment. For those who launch the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, is Heschel suggesting, from what you just said, that they have they are losing um, that they are not focusing on what it is that they should be focusing on, and instead, because the thing is, if you can't survive, you can't then serve that that then uh, mission that uh, Heschel says that people should. That you should be involved in
1: yes you know geula cohen you know geula Cohen. it was a very extreme right-wing uh, m- member of the israeli knesset mm-hmm. and it was she was a journalist uh, on the 60s and she interviewed heschel on 65 and she asked him this question and he fought back and said, if you have the choice, if someone will try to to put you in a gas chamber and you you have one choice to put him in the gas chamber, what would you do? And she said, according to herself, she, she wrote about it, she said, I will put him in Gastion. And I think that Heschel saw his his job to fight for a moral alternative and uh, he believed in these years that the Jews shouldn't be part of war in the world or it's a very good thing that America will fight the Nazis and will try to, to kill the snakes. But the Jews, our mission is to walk in order to write, in order to uh, find, in order to, to bring to the Western uh, civilization um, an alternative, an amor- a moral alternative. He changed his mind. It's a topic for another lecture, but it starts from such a thing, I believe. And we have to finish,
0: we have to... That's our time, um, So yes. please read
1: yourself the, the the next sources, they're very important, yes. Awesome. Sarah? Sarah?
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: We are, I do want to give a quick plug. Um, We are going to continue our fall programming at Drisha on Sunday at 10 a.m. with the first part of a class series by Rabbi David Silber, Uh, Your Name Shall Be Great, The Abraham Narrative. And in addition to this one, we have many more classes happening right now. And you can find out all the information and find all the registration links at wwwdrishaorg slash classes. So again, thank you to everyone for joining and I look forward to seeing you at another class.
1: Thank you so much. And thank, thank, you. thank you for all of you.
2: It was excellent.